Chapter 12 The 28th Psychopomp There he is! There's a Mowgli! said Manuka. The mind was listening before my eyes shot awake when I saw four strange people walking toward me. You're getting a little close there, said Levi. Don't fall in, buddy. Yes, now I remember. The mushrooms never left, even though my new friends went for a walk. I suppose all of life introduces itself quite naturally if you give it a chance. It's inside us, after all, a part of us, and that's why I was still a part of this experience with all of them. And what was this experience? Some sort of game. And yet this forest was pulsating and giggling the entire time. Laughing with us, I presume. Sitting up, I felt my body. Yes, these were my limbs reaching out into the woods. My entire form had been holding me in place. But what was I? Was I the mind observing? Or the breath within the wind? If not for this gust of air, then what would my life have been? Why, hello, I said to everyone. That's all I could get out when the wind took another breath into my lungs. Looking up, my mouth hung open on the edge of a dream as I looked up at the stars. These woods are alive, and we are alive within the forest. All of life is alive in us, too, said Otto. See, the thing about a mushroom trip is how impossible it is to describe it. You can see it. Yes, you can hear it, and you can feel every bit of magic, but it's still impossible to describe exactly how it works. Jane took hold of my hand when I stood up. Isn't life beautiful? asked Jane. It is! That's it! Life is beautiful! I grabbed the canvas scroll beside me and began to write a sentence with my pen stating, Life is beautiful because... I stalled. Life is beautiful. But why? There are so many reasons. Now staring at the broken sentence, I couldn't finish the thought because I could see the individual strands of paper inside the canvas that had made it whole. Then Manuka's finger poked through the hole in the center. She giggled and took hold of my pen before scribbling a sentence of her own. Captivated by her confidence, I peered over her shoulder to read it. Love is when you get out of your head and into your heart. It's something I want to remember for later on, said Manuka. Can you remind me when the time is right? Every part of this natural life was connecting in front of us. I watched the leaves connect to the branches, just as the blades of grass held on to the earth. Then when I saw my friends, I noticed a halo of light emitting above their ears. That's when I realized Jane was emitting the very brightest light out of all of us here. Wow! Do you see that? I was staring at Jane's aura around her body. She knew the secrets to these mushrooms, and she was smiling while we followed behind her footsteps. A thick, dark arm reached past my vision when Otto's chest leaned against me and pointed through the night sky. "'Stars are falling,' he whispered. "'Do you see that light moving?' He was right. Droplets of light tumbled through the sky. Dim flashes fell like sand through an hourglass behind the treetops. "'The pyramid is under the falling stars,' I announced." Everyone stopped. Behind those birch trees, asked Jane. Then it must be by the edge of the mountain. Let's go! Jane put out the fire when I grabbed the flint, my arrowhead, and wrapped it around the canvas scroll. All of us were together as our footsteps trampled through the leaves until I heard water flowing nearby. My feet stopped. A creek. We'd come to a creek, and this was a very good sign because I remember something about a creek. Now what was it? 
Which way? asked Levi. I remembered feeling something important right on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't gather the words because the moonlight was rippling along the water surface, shifting between every color I could imagine when... Do you know the way as well as I do? said a giant beast waiting in the darkness ahead. I froze. The head of a black deer emerged behind a tree and was coming toward us. I never saw its legs, but it was standing upright like a human. A black cloak was covering its body while two large horns grew out of its head. The snout and fur made it obvious this was an animal. Yes, a deer of sorts. But now the creature raised a white human palm from its cloak. Connecting its pinky and ring finger with the thumb, the creature raised its pointer and middle finger up to the sky. Pranamudra, it said. The beast opened its eyes. One eye was black and the other white. Then it blinked and both eyes switched sides. Otto crept in front of me. His arms gathered us behind him when he stood face to face with the beast. Peace. Do you know peace? said Otto. I do, said the cloaked deer. Mushrooms tell the truth, not through words, but through the situations we encounter. It was no coincidence that Otto was protecting us. He was the strongest leader, and now all of us knew it to be true. Who are you? said Otto. The mysterious creature crouched before us to scratch a message in the dirt. It took a step back before Jane held a glowing mushroom to illuminate the script. The picture revealed one angelic figure, a plus sign, a small man, all equating to one. Huh? I asked. One plus one equals two. I rewrote the message so it equaled two. But the beast shook its head no. It blotted out the number two and rewrote the original message with the number one. The ground upon which you stand is special, it said. The creature hadn't moved its mouth, but I could feel its nostrils breathing toward us as its voice carried on with the wind. Look after this life, and this life will look after you, it added. The creature rose upright when I noticed its black cloak gliding across the ground. I never saw its legs, but it appeared to have human shoulders with the head and horns of a deer. The creature turned towards the stream and left a glowing trail over the mushrooms sprouting up behind it. Do you wish to understand? it asked. Understand what? asked Jane. To understand all that you are, it said. But you haven't told us who you are, said Otto. A name is just a name. It's the purpose of the vessel that matters most. The creature paused. Judgment gave me the 28th cloak, and my purpose is that of a psychopomp. A psycho who? Now I may have kept some observations through the years, but not even magic mushrooms could tell me what that meant. I had no reason to fear this beast, but it also held a power I didn't understand. And I don't know what a psychopomp is. So what is it that you do? said Jane. The creature looked down at her, then upon us all. Once the body dies, I carry the soul home, coming or not, said the 28th psychopomp. Wait, are we dying? asked Manuka. Mushrooms can make you feel funny, that's for sure. But the worst thing you can do is panic. Since Jane had the most experience with this mystical fungus, she reminded Manuka that we weren't dying today. Then the 28th psychopomp began heading into the darkness up the stream, but Manuka's fear had yet to liberate her poor soul. Soon she'd find herself well again, but she was stuck inside her own dark thoughts. 
I even felt a wave of this bad energy trying to pull me down too, because what if none of us were well? All the while, the mysterious deer was floating out of sight when the trail of mushrooms started fading. Things were going to be alright, or at least that's what the voice in my head kept telling me, but I had to pray that Manuka would realize this too. Pain is strengthening we need. We will make it, sis, said Otto. Two big arms swallowed her like a sweater and pulled her up, but she wouldn't let go of all that fear. It wasn't until the wind pushed us forward that Manuka started walking again. I think that creature can heal. That's what I felt when I saw the deer's white hand, said Jane. Jane was emitting white light like a crown above her head. Whatever feelings had challenged our group had yet to phase Jane. The halo above her hair was so gentle. But how? We'll have to be careful, because sometimes the mushrooms can be real tricksters. But I say we follow that deer. What did he call himself? A psychopomp? I did not know if they were real, said Jane. The mushrooms on the ground began dying. Some of them were curling over to pass while time would take the rest. Manuka nodded. Okay, I'm ready now. And look, said Levi. He was pointing to the sky that had gone pitch black except for a giant moon on its way up even higher. There were no stars left to fall as we walked toward the psychopomp. We'll never know if we don't go, said Levi. Manuka let go of Otto and opened her mouth about to say something when... And nothing will hurt us, said Jane, because I've got a gun. Jane pulled a black gun from the back of her pants. The halo of light atop Jane's head vanished. I'd never even seen a gun, only heard about them, but I could feel the dark energy from the bullets inside. Why in the world did she have a gun? Don't ever shoot that. I heard them fire guns when my dad disappeared. Put that away, said Manuka. Manuka led us toward the psychopomp as we followed behind. See, that's the other thing about a mushroom trip. Sometimes you get a hunch and go for it, as you should, because the best thing about a mushroom trip are the hidden messages you find along the way. My feet grew lighter, and with each step my spirit began to loosen and grow. As if a bright light was radiating through my forehead, I realized I was no longer a lost man in the woods. I had arrived here in this moment with four others, and we were right on track. The psychopomp waited at the edge of the creek, and there was no need to get any closer. For those who follow fear, turn back now. In all my years, I have never seen a timid soul make it to the end, said the psychopomp. With a white hand on its right, the beast reached into its side pocket, while its left hand emerged like a slithering black snake. The black fingers crawled into a pocket on the other side. And for those who feel ready, choose a stone and become all that you are, said the psychopomp. Two opposite-colored hands rose to equal heights, holding stone in its fists. Then the 28th psychopomp released an array of black and white stones onto the moss while a quake shot through the land. Carry them through the water, and you will be where few have ever stepped, said the psychopomp. Where? I asked. The realm in between, said the 28th psychopomp. Are these selenite and black tourmaline? asked Jane, studying the gems. The deer nodded, but I hadn't even looked at the stones yet. I was too busy noticing how the stream switched directions. The entire current flipped. It was heading downward, but now all of a sudden the water was going uphill. Any stone, huh? asked Levi. And then what? Pick your path and you will find your way, said the psychopomp. Levi reached down and took hold of a black stone. 
His demeanor would suggest he was tough, and so would his rough stone. But he was cradling it with such care. Maybe this man was gentle after all. Maybe he'd never want to hurt a soul. Manuka picked up a white stone in the shape of a small rod. Her grip was tight, and she kept the stone buried in her palm as if she'd never let go. Sometimes doubt can be good. It makes you think twice, because it was the thought of losing something so precious that makes us appreciate this life with all our might. Otto selected a white selenite rod, too. He put it in his pocket and left it there. To him, no stone mattered, because whatever we were about to face, he was prepared to meet it with his own strength. I study stones, said Jane. Selenite is a connection to the higher self to the higher space where angels and spirit guides pass. But black tourmaline, well, that's for purification and protection. What happens when we cross? There are only two paths after any river, the path forward and the path back. Your choice, said the psychopomp. Jane took a white selenite rod and tucked it in one of her pockets beside all her other gems. And if there's one last thing you'll need to remember on this mushroom trip, it's this. Jane paused. Whatever happens, the mushrooms are not trying to hurt you. They're putting us through a test to see how we grow. This I am sure of. I didn't have to think twice when I reached for the black stone. It wasn't gentle like the white ones, but rather rough as if it had been crushed over and over until the fragments had nowhere to go but stick together. Black layers, like pages in a book, were cemented in time. The black tourmaline reminded me of the missing history that the slaves of the order would never see. This forest was the truth. The layers of this stone were no different than my own body, and once I held it up to my eye, everything went black. There was a splash in the water. Levi was walking into the stream, and the creek was up to his knees. It was only getting deeper. The currents picking up, Levi turned. I'll help you across. The psychopomp hadn't moved an inch. It stood staring between the trees as if others may be joining. And why would we need protection? asked Jane. She was the only one left beside the psychopomp when my toes touched the water. The wind pulled the breath inside my lungs when I stepped forward into something blue. Sometimes we need protection so the soul can pass through. Hold on to your stones and I'll find you before the other spirits do, said the psychopomp. 